Welcome to All About the Experiences, the podcast that has no limits, hosted by me, Cheryl Rogers. My mother always said, live your life to the fullest, baby. Well, I'm here to do just that. This podcast is dedicated to sharing what inspires me personally and professionally. I have become a trusted name among top professionals in many industries. All About the Experiences is now your source for weekly inspiration, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in positivity and experiences. Now, join me on this journey. Welcome to the second episode of All About the Experiences. I had so much fun last week with Dr. Pamela Hardy Shepard that I decided to do it again. I want to thank Dr. Hardy Shepard for being my inaugural guest and sharing so many wonderful insights with us. The launch of the podcast was a wonderful experience and I have to tell you, my family and friends, they surprised me with a podcast launch party complete with branded t-shirts, which by the way, will be available on my website, allabouttheexperiences.com. I had all my favorite foods, some refreshments and spirits, if you will, balloons and flowers, and I was just utterly surprised and very appreciative. Um, Most importantly, the acknowledgement that I received that I'm actually doing something great and something that they're all interested in that really hit home and made me feel wonderful. Uh, I definitely would be remiss if I did not hand out special thank yous, one being to Dominic Rogers, Sharice and George Whittington, Ashley Rogers, Life Wade, Justin Rogers, and my very own little sister, Megan Umrongrong. Had to get those shouts out. That's my tribe there. They look out for me. Uh, You all made the launch so very special and um, The celebration uh, not only encompassed the podcast, but also my late mother, Jean Lindsay's birthday. She would have been 77 and also Juneteenth. So there was a lot to celebrate that day. Well, let's get to the meat and potatoes of things, as my grandmother used to say. Uh, Today's guest has mentored me as I started this podcast and created a space for me, even on his platform, uh, for me to launch my brand, All About the Experiences. He is an entrepreneur, a top-rated radio host, a hospitality consultant, just to name a few of his titles and talents, but it goes far beyond there. He has not only given me great advice about branding and digital marketing, we have also partnered together in the past uh, and and currently. Uh, We've uh, partnered together on numerous corporate events and uh, his his company is definitely the source uh, that you want to go to for site selection. Well, he is able to do all of this because he has well over 25 years of experience in the hospitality industry, beginning with his career with Marriott International. And believe it or not, he started there as a housekeeping manager um, just to ultimately work his way up in the hospitality industry to director of sales and marketing. So this man has a lot of good, good um, knowledge there, knowledge base, as well as experience. Um, He now consults in the hotel and meeting space and is the CEO of his own company, Russell of Hotels. 
So without further delay, I am pleased and honored to welcome Russell Edmond. Russell, welcome to my hot seat. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Cheryl. I do appreciate um, you welcoming me on the show. I was just listening to all that stuff, but you missed one thing. I was a GM too, but that's okay. But that's all right. We'll talk about that later. But uh, I do appreciate you um, bringing me on the show. Um, I mean, we've worked together for uh, some years now doing meetings and things like that. So, and to see you doing this podcast, uh, you know, amongst the other things that you do is is definitely it's definitely good to see. Definitely something we we, we need more of. And um, I couldn't think of any place I'd rather be right now on Thursday afternoon at one o'clock than doing this show. <laughs> Why, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And welcome to all of our experiences. <laughs> Russell, I, 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 I like to start off with sharing with the listeners kind of how I've met my guest. And um, I'm going to let you lead off in that because I like to hear your perspective on how we met. I, I don't remember. Uh, you're sure, what? right? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I believe we met. And, and don't, please, I, I know it's, it's smart meetings. I know it was in Phoenix, Scottsdale, but I can't remember the hotel. I mean, that's the, the Biltmore. It's a Biltmore. It's a Biltmore. Okay, Biltmore. it's a Biltmore hotel. I don't know why I keep getting between the Phoenician and the Biltmore. I don't know why. And I don't want to say the wrong thing, but it was definitely Biltmore. Absolutely. Beautiful hotel, historical, beautiful hotel. But anyway, we met uh, at Smart Meetings. So this was several years ago, probably about three years ago now. Uh, I had never, almost four years ago, had never met you before. That was my first Smart Meetings, I believe. Um, Mine as well. Okay, okay. And just, I just remember, you know, meeting this, this, you know, someone that was, and and you didn't come off as being, um, uh, not experience anything like that. I mean, it's just someone you had a lot of energy, a lot of new energy, a lot of good energy that that you know you kind of look. I kind of look at people, and that's the kind of energy that you that you want to see. You know, and people that are eager to learn, and that was and that was you. I mean, you were all of that. And as I got to know you, I could tell that you know you were in it from the for the long haul. You weren't just someone that was just basically passing through, so to speak. I mean, you you wanted to learn. You listened. Uh, not that I was sharing a lot of information, but, you know, you'll learn a lot from just watching and, and listening people, right? You know, when you start talking and you're trying to dominate conversations, that's when you don't learn anything. So, I mean, that's one thing that I saw about you, that you, you listen, uh, you, were, you, you knew how to work a room already, which is great because at those events, it's all about networking and, and getting, getting to know as many people as, as you can and, you know, letting people know what you do and your story and things like that. So, you were definitely on point with that. And like I said, I just sat back and, and watched, you know, as I was doing, you know, my networking as well. But we always ended up, you know, speaking together as well. So, um, but no, it was, it was a great experience meeting you. And then, like I said, from that point on, we kept in touch and moved on. Because that's, that's important. I mean, a lot of people, when you do networking, you know, you always want to, when you, when you go back home or go back to your office, you always want to keep those relationships going. And that's one thing that I always, I mean, I think one thing I've always done, but it, it, it kind of ticks me off that a lot of people don't, don't do that. I mean, we go and we, as an ex-hotelier, right, as a director of sales and marketing, you know, people, that, someone that had a team of people that go to these types of events. And, you know, when they come back, they say, well, who'd you meet? What'd you do? Blah, blah, blah. You know, 
hopefully they would tell me that, you know, they met, you know, this person. Because at the end of the day, it's all about your ROI, right? You know, return Absolutely. on investment and things like that. Um, so they, I need to make sure that they were doing that. They're going out and meeting these people, but not just meeting those people initially. You were keeping that conversation going because you never know when they're going to need you or when you're going to need them. And that, and that's the kind of thing. So it's all about the relationship. It's, it's about the experience first, but it's all about the relationship because that's what turns, you know, just a relationship into business, into money, into that ROI is what we're looking for. So, and that's one thing about you. I mean, I said that to say this, you kept in touch, you know, we both, you know, kept in touch. We both had conversations because we never know where you're going to go from here. Right. I could go, yeah. I could have gone back to the hotel space and things like that. Um, so, I mean, it just, it's it just good. I mean, it's just good that, that that's how you do things. You keep in touch. Um, and because, like you said, like I said, you never know who you're going to be working with next. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I would have to piggyback on that. When you think about those events and those opportunities that we have to connect, not only like from, I'll speak from my side as an event planner and um, being able to do site visits and uh, connect with so many people like yourself who are obviously veterans in this and you know the all the ins and outs and so the questions that I did have to ask you readily had an answer for me and I recognized that as I could come to you for a source of not only information but also inspiration and like look at this look where we're at now you're right <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you what your experience was like meeting me because I'm I was almost certain it was a wonderful experience, but you already covered that. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it was wonderful. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that was good. It was definitely good. Definitely good. Thank you. Uh, Russell and I are um, have become really good friends over this last four years, and I come to depend on him not only for some great advice in the hospitality industry. And um, he has, uh, right, I, I always tell him he has a second job as a stand-up comedian, but you know, I'm sure you always <laughs> see that as we go along, for sure. Um, you mentioned, and I, and I do want to apologize for uh, not failing to mention that you were also a GM, but tell me, like, how did you get your start in the hospitality industry? Oh, God. Well, um, it all started a long time ago, about 100 years ago. But yeah, but I, I went to, I went to Cal Poly Pomona, okay. um, which is Southern California for people, you know, listening outside of California. It's in Southern California, about 30 miles east of Los Angeles. Just take that as a reference point. So I went there and they had a hospitality program, but not knowing what I wanted to do when I went to that school. I mean, I went to another school before I got to Cal Poly and I was a business major, uh, but not knowing what I really wanted to do, I started taking classes in other majors. And one of the, one of the majors I took the class in was, um, it was called HRT then, Hosp uh, Hotel restaurant and travel management that's what it was called then it was under the school of business so i took one or two classes and i remember the first class i took it was a professor i can't remember his name now mclean his name was jim mclean that's right professor jim mclean and he had a background with working with mcdonald's and he taught i remember him the the probably the first two uh sessions that i took with him he was talking about mcdonald's and french fries and 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 sodas. I mean, you know how you know how they made the French fries and all. I mean, he was just so detailed on everything. 
Okay. Uh, Cause I never thought about it like that. You never really think about, okay, you go to McDonald's, you order it, you get your food and you know, they put some salt on it. Okay. That's good for me. Right. Potatoes right. with salt. That's all I need. But, I don't you know, even think we about- want the potatoes um, from, <laughs> from McDonald's. I think it's the fry salt. There's something in that fry maybe salt. It's, that maybe it's the salt. I don't know what it is, but everybody, you know, everybody eats them. Right. right. So, but, but he started talking about temperatures and type of oil and, and all this detailed kind wow. of things. And I didn't, I never thought about McDonald's as a company like that. You know, you just thought of it like, you know, kids go there, we go and eat and, you know, we leave and, and we're done. But, you know, that was kind of my, cause I never worked for, you know, a lot of people came up and they worked in fast, fast food service or whatever. I never, I never did that. So okay. that was kind of my, you know, welcome into that. And it was, but it's from a different perspective. It was from a, you know, a, a teacher, I mean, teacher student perspective. And um, that just kind of intrigued me. And then I started taking more classes and more classes. Next thing I know, uh, I'm about ready to graduate. So, wow. but along the way, I started taking hotel related classes because I did not want to go into food and beverage. Okay. So remember that I did not want to go into food and beverage. I wanted to do the hotels, hotel sales uh, specifically. But okay. what changed me is I had another professor by the name of Glenn Voss, Dr. Glenn Voss, who's now the chair of I want to say Texas A&M's marketing department or something like that. I mean, he has gone so far up there. It's, it's ridiculous. But um, he was the one that kind of challenged me. And I don't think he did it on purpose. But I was set to go into my first job offers was with um, first job offer was with the Sheraton in New Orleans. OK, oh, wow. um, as a sales manager. Okay. But I didn't. First of all, I didn't never been outside of California at, at, at that point and darn sure was not going to New Orleans. <laughs> so <laughs> and I wanted to know the entire hotel because I had not worked in a hotel. Right. Okay. So I needed some hotel experience. Um, so I ended up I also had a job offer for Marriott. Right. Well, Marriott would take you through their training program where you had to do three different disciplines. You did housekeeping, you did um, front office, and you did restaurant, okay? So I needed all those things because I wanted to end up in sales, but I wanted to know how every department related to sales or related to each other, and then you get into sales and how do you sell this thing? So, and then I told my professor, Glenn Voss, this, and he said, you're crazy. He said, you should take that job at the Sheraton. He said, you're going to die in operations. That's what he said, right? I'm like, what? Are you serious? So he, I took it as a challenge. I later find out later in years that that's not what he meant. <laughs> but, but I heard it as, you're going to die. This is a challenge. I don't think you can do it. Yeah, that's what I heard, right? So whatever the motivation you. was, that whatever the motivation was, the inspiration, that was my inspiration to go into operations. So I, that's why I took the, the, the job with Marriott, which I had six months before I even graduated from school. So, oh, wow. so yeah, so I started in January of blah, 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 19 something, and um, started at, <laughs> don't worry about that. My first hotel was the um, 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 uh, courtyard at um, El Segundo. Okay. Courtyard in El Segundo. So I was a housekeeper manager, trainee then. So, you know, you do, I don't know, about three months of training or whatever, and then you get your own hotel or own department. So I did that and just kind of started working my way. So I did housekeeping, then I did um, front office. Or no, I did housekeeping, food and beverage, front office. Uh, and then I end up leaving. So I did my first probably four years with Marriott, with the courtyard division. And then... Um, I mean, I've told you some stories that I haven't told anyone else as far as there was a gap between when I left, when I was with Marriott, I, I left because 
um, we moved to Sacramento because my uh, Sonia at the time um, went, and went to law school. His beautiful, lovely wife. Okay, Sonia, my wife, yes. went to law school, right? She, but she went to law school in at UC Davis, which is right outside of Sacramento. And at that time, back in those days, back early '90s, um, there's only maybe three Marriott products total in that area. So I was going to try to transfer over. Well, they they didn't have any spots. Southern California, a lot of Marriott people, we moved around. We moved around all the time. There's 50 hotels you can move around to. So it, you're always with with a job, right? For the mean, most part. And I don't mean to in, interrupt, but I often, often wonder this. When a hotel, people that are in the hotel and hospitality industry and they move around a lot, is that encouraged or is that just something that tends to happen? That's a great question. Um, Back in the day, it was encouraged because if you didn't do it, they would, you basically, if another opportunity came up and you didn't take that first one, you may get, you know, overlooked or bypassed or, or whatever. So it was, it would behoove you if you were mobile, okay? And that's mobile, not just in Southern California, but within the nation, if, if, if you're able to do that. Because at that time, they were opening up courtyards like, like crazy. Okay. And they needed managers to do it. I mean, that's why you went through the, the three disciplines. You went through, uh, like I said, housekeeping, front office, and then restaurant, because you had to do those three disciplines in order to be a general manager. Gotcha. So, so you had to do all those three disciplines. So, um, but yeah, it, it was encouraged to do that. I mean, you see people's resumes that, you know, they bounced around and things like that. And, you know, to people outside the industry, it was probably frowned upon. And you're like, well, you were here for only, you know, 12 months and you went to another job. Well, like I said, it was with Marriott, it was, it was encouraged that you did do that because like I said, if you, God forbid, you didn't take something and then you may be at that same job for another year or whatever. Uh, if you look at my career, I mean, I've been to 14 different hotels in, I, don't, I can't remember the number of years, 25 years, something like that. It averaged about 18, 18 months per job. That's what it averaged okay. to be, about 18 months per gig. Uh, but it worked out for me because I figured out early on that the more moves you made, the more money you were going to make because, you know, they had this thing called a cost of living increase or whatever, which was yeah. like, I don't know, two to 3% or something like that. But if you moved a different company to a different hotel, you're getting more money because, you know, they're going to pay you maybe eight to 10% more. You know, it just, it just depends. So it came to, to me, it became a, a numbers game, but it's always important that you're, you are elevating yourself from one, from one position to another one. So it, very rarely did I take a lateral move. Uh, you know, I was a housekeeping manager here, so I'm gonna be a housekeeping manager over there. No, it had to be a step up before I would do that. But no, to, to answer your question, no. It, it, then those days it wasn't frowned upon. Um, but the thing that that um, is kind of that kind of sucks if you if that's a good word to use is that in sales, if you move around, you kind of just like say you started um, you had a program that's coming up in six months. And then all of a sudden your sales manager, your sales contact leaves right. and then someone else comes in. And now you got to recreate all that kind of momentum and everything. And he doesn't know you or she doesn't know you and you don't know him or her. And then you got to kind of build that whole relationship over again. So it's kind of a, a bad thing, for, like if you're a salesperson and you happen to leave because it's not good for the client. But that's, right. you know, that's just how it works. But getting back to what I was saying, um, as far as my career path, if, if, that's, if that's okay. Like Absolutely. That's, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. <laughs> so, um, so, okay. So I left for about, I guess about two years to do something. 
anything else because I couldn't get a job, uh, you know, in, in um, hotels. So I don't know, I'll just leave that part. I'll just say I left and did something else and then came back. So my, my first job in Sacramento was at the Sheraton uh, in Rancho Cordova, okay. now, um, which is now a Marriott now in Rancho Cordova, uh, which is outside of Sacramento. So I was a, I came in as the night manager, right? That was the job that they had over. In fact, I was waiting. I, I kept looking at the paper. You know, back in those days, you know, you looked at the paper for the ads, right? You right. know, there was no internet. Well, you circle it with a big, big red marker. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There was no H careers then back in the early 90s. So, um, so I found this one position. It was a night manager. I, I, I called, I sent my resume in, and the, the GM, who was Ron Berger, um, he basically um, hired me after maybe two interviews. Um, he he said he liked me from day one, and I mean he he gave me a shot because in Sacramento it's real cliquish, it's real tight niche niche community, and I was not you know from there. I'm from Southern California, and they don't like a lot of SoCal people, right? Or NorCal. It was that SoCal NorCal? Yeah, thing, yeah, huh? it was that. Okay. Yeah, it was that kind of thing. They don't want outsiders and this and that. So it was tough to get to get in because I applied to a lot of different hotels, okay. but I only got one callback from Mr. Berger, Ron Berger, and I got in there and and I said, you know what? you ain't gonna regret this. And I hate to say it, but I rocked it. You know what I mean? I mean, I went from, I went from being the night manager to his assistant GM, um, still working. And then I started adjusting my hours and things like that. But that's where I learned a lot of what I know now is because of, of that hotel. From, as an assistant general manager, you, know, you had to oversee everything, right? You oversaw right. the front office, the, the bar, the the banquets you know the 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 cooks in the kitchen and things like that so i oversaw everything and i would get involved in dishing up for big events you know helping out with you know ordering supplies with, if the chef was shorthanded um you know doing plate ups i mean dish ups you know where you, so you kind of like a conveyor i touched everything and then i had a relationship with the engineer if the ac went down i would be on the roof you know trying to learn those things um so i mean it th that's how you learn i mean it's it, it wasn't my job to do that. I mean, because I had a chief engineer to do it, but right. uh, it makes sense that you have a working knowledge of everything, right? So, yeah. So, I yeah, can so. remember when I came to one of your properties, um, I believe it was the Sheraton. Is that correct? Sheraton and uh, Universal Sheraton, yes. Universal Sheraton. My last hotel. Your last hotel, and um, you um, did a site visit with me, and I have to tell you, Russell, I was so impressed. I mean, we've known each other at that point for quite some time, but I was really impressed to see you in your element and to see how well-respected you were by everyone from the valet when I pulled up all the way, I mean, to the housekeeping staff, to everyone that was in the sales and marketing department, you were just really well received. And um, it really means something, especially as an event planner coming in, you wanna know that that person that you have that direct connection to for your meetings and your programs that, you know what, they're gonna be well received because I know if I need something, I can come to you and I, I can see that it will happen. And I could definitely see that. And so um, it, that was, I don't know if I've ever shared that with you, but it was really impressive to see you and your element and see how um, you flow amongst everyone. And um, I, I see that even when we are at different events, I see how well received you are. So that must speak to your personality and who you are within this industry that you spent well over 25 years in. 
Yeah, well over 25. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you for that. I know I don't think you've ever shared that with me, but I, I do appreciate that. I mean, I, you know, you, you take your career and what you do or your craft or however you want to put it, you take it serious and, you know, you put in the work. I mean, if it's something that you're uh, passionate about, you have to put in the work and, and definitely did that. And, and part of being a director of sales or even a general manager, putting in the work is going and seeing and talking to your associates, yes. right? Because if I didn't spend time with them, there was no way that they would receive me like you witnessed, right? Because you have to, um, it's not all about, okay, well, I need this, you know, you only need them when you need them, right? No, right. it's not that. I mean, you, you have to build relationships with people. Just like you have to build a relationship with clients, like I build a relationship with you, you have sure. to build your relationship with your internal clients, which are our employees, or we call them associates right. or whatever. So, and those things are important. So, I mean, I would, you know, spend an hour a day at least, you know, moving from department to department to say, hello, I'm on the floors, I'm checking rooms. I mean, this is as a director of sales and marketing where, you know, your traditional ones, they don't do that, right? And I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid to say it because I know what they do and, and don't do. Um, so call that, them out, that was Russell, never- Call them out, let them know what they do was, what they don't do. <laughs> that was never my MO and it, I, I pray to God I don't have to go back to the hotel, but if I have to go back, it right. will never be, it, it will never be, uh, my MO that, I mean, you have to get out and especially as a general manager, if, if, and a prime example is site inspections, like say if you're doing a site inspection and, I, and I'm, well, and you I'm do, the we've one done that, site inspections together. So let's, let's talk about our site inspections that we've done together. Tell me how, I mean, you can relate it to that. I don't know. We've done, do you mean the site inspection we did at, at, at the Sheraton? Yes. No, okay. not, not at the Sheraton right. Universal. Remember at the other company that I was previously associated oh! with? Oh! Yes. Okay. How soon see, we forget. Okay, well, see, now we're transitioning from me being a hotel person to on the other side. See, I haven't even finished, I haven't finished what I, my career progression yet. Okay, you let's finish progress. That? Let's progress. Can we finish on. that? I'll, and I'll do this quickly so, because, I mean, your listeners, are, I got them on the edge right now, right? I don't they, are, they are literally on the edge. Yeah. So, okay. So, and I'm going to go, I'll go through this quickly. So from Sacramento as an assistant GM, then I left there and went to the Hilton and, and um, Warner Center, or Woodland Hills, which is Southern California, right outside of Los Angeles. That's where I became, I, I was a night manager again there. There's another story behind that, but that's where I started my sales career. Okay. So I was given a book of lists. So, so this, uh, for, for years, I've been trying to get into sales now. Now, see, now I'm at a full service hotel now, right? Okay. So Courtyard was called a limited service. Right. So, right. you know, now the, the Sheraton in Sacramento and this hotel are now my first uh, full service hotels, right? Okay. So now I want to sell this full service hotel. So I finally talked the, the director of sales and marketing, his name is Tom Torrance, into giving me a shot. So I came in as a junior sales, whatever, and he gives me this book of list. It's just, you know, before you can Google companies' names. Now you can do that, right? But a right. book of list is basically a, a binder with a whole bunch of companies in your area, right? So you, he said, here, here's a book of list. I said, what do you want me to do with this? Call them and get some business. That's what he said. Like, oh, it's like a phone it. book then. Yeah, that's my okay. training, right? So I went through this thing, which started at the first. And it had names and the phone numbers and, and you know, their positions. I went through that list, that whole book, to find business. And I finally found some business. And that's how I started, right? Once I got that, I started basically stealing business from other hotels. I mean, Cal State, um, Cal State Northridge, CSUN was in our area. 
And the Marriott was our biggest competition. They were getting all the CSUN business and all this kind of stuff. They, get, they got the sports teams. They got all the department meetings. They got all that stuff. So I said, well, how am I going to get that stuff? So I ended up starting to go and camping out at Cal State Northridge and basically knocking on doors and, and basically having them come for lunch, inviting them for lunch and site tours and things like that because they didn't know about the, the Hilton because the Marriott basically was doing all that for, for them, right? So, but the Marriott got, they got, you know, they got relaxed, right? So when, you know, one, you're, when your competition gets relaxed, you know, you, that's when you have to crank it up, right? So the Marriott people weren't going to visit anymore because they had the business. So I was hungry, I'm new. So man, by the time I left that hotel, I own CSUN. Every CSUN piece of business, sports on down, was coming to the Hilton. I don't know what's going on over there now, but then I own, <laughs> the Hilton owns CSUN. So from there, I went back in operations uh, as a director of operations at a courtyard, is a, is a 250 room courtyard in Marina Del Rey. And then I got an opportunity to be a director of sales. Okay. Um, with an, a courtyard that was real, that was gonna be, a, a hotel that was gonna be reflagged a courtyard. A hotel that was running at 44%. And then when we became a Marriott courtyard, it went to, automatically to 80% overnight. It went from 40% hotel to 80% hotel overnight. Wow. And to this day, that hotel still averages, well, before the whole COVID thing happened, uh, it was averaging like 30, uh, I'm sorry, 95% year to date for years. Okay. So, so from there courtyard, I went to, I went to a Radisson, which is LAX, which is now the Hyatt. I was the director of you know, the Hyatt LAX where they had smart meetings. You know, exactly. Yeah. I was the director of sales and marketing there before it became a high. It was a Radisson. Um, I was at the Bonaventure. Let me ask you this since you yeah. brought that up. What did you feel when you went back and saw all of the changes that they highlighted while we were there for the Smart Meetings event? Insane. Because I remember that place when <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want anybody to be. I didn't even want to work there. No, I'm joking. It was it was old. It was um, it was showing a lot of it was showing its age for the wear and tear. Because it was it was built back in the seventies, right? It's probably one of the first right. hotels on that strip. On the, I think them and then the Marriott, which is still there as well. Um, so they completely gutted that place out and then reconfigured it's beautiful. it. Yeah, it's it is. It is. Beautiful. They did it. They did a great job. So no, I'm I'm proud to go back there and say that I remember before you know it was a Hyatt, it was a Radisson, and I was the director of right. sales there. So because that was my goal. My goal was to be a, a director of sales and marketing at a 600 room hotel with 40,000 square feet of meeting space. And that's, and I achieved that about a year and a half after I set that goal. Um, wow. And then from there um, I went to other hotels and then I'll just fast forward to, I was a GM at a sportsman's lodge hotel, which is um, it's an independent boutique hotel in studio city. I, I was a um, GM for about 13 months. Um, and then my last position was the Sheraton universal where I was a director of sales and marketing. And after that, I transitioned to the meeting side. That's something I always wanted to do, meetings and event side or uh, hotel site selection is what I call it. Uh, and that's what I do now. But I do consulting as well um, for in the, in the hotel space, social media, branding, things like that for hotels, especially these days now that, you know, hotels have been closed for a while. They, they need to get out and, and be rebranded and, and, and stay relevant and things like that. So that's kind of what I, that's the space I work in now. I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, even when I came to you and I was talking about taking all about the experiences and not only um, 
first of all, bringing it to a, the brand to fruition, but also when um, we sat down and we spoke and you've given me um, so much insight about um, not only brand, but also how to promote yourself. And um, one of the things that I see you do so well um, and I, you know, of course, follow you on all of your social media platforms, but um, is really putting that information out there and it's fresh and it's new every single time. Um, many of you may not, you may have heard this in the intro, but Russell is a radio host. Um, he is on air with Russell of Hotels, which I have had the pleasure of being a guest on twice. The second time that I was on his show, uh, it was really an unveiling of my brand and he helped me launch that. And I will forever be thankful for that. Um, tell me about that process. Like, of having people come to your show, what is the premise behind it, and um, what made you go that direction? Well, the reason why—that's a—that's a great question. Uh, I think I, I think I may have a great answer for it, but okay. let me think. Bring it. Um, <laughs> the reason I, I was going out of—we're leaving 2018, I believe, going into 19—and I was like, well, what can I do that? To, because I'm all about your, your brand, you know, putting your brand out um, <laughs> and developing brands, right? So I'm like, well, how can I improve, you know, this brand that I've started, this Russell of Hotels? And I remember back in the summer of 2018, um, I got a call from a guy, gosh, um, ugh, Craig Sullivan. Ah, Craig Sullivan. He had a radio show in Orange County. Okay. Uh, and then don't ask me the name of it because I can't re even remember that. But um he asked me to be on his show and he found me on LinkedIn, right? And how he found me is that because I post videos, I, I did a video for the Sheraton and um, um, where is that Sheraton at? It's a brand new Sheraton outside of downtown. I, God, I can't even think of whatever. Anyway, so Sheraton outside of downtown. So it was, uh, um, God, I almost had it, but you had to say something. But anyway, it was outside of downtown, uh, brand new. And I, they invited me over to do like site and lunch or whatever. So I went and I took some pictures. They didn't ask me to do this, right? But I put those pictures into a video, right? And I posted it on LinkedIn and I got a lot of hits from it. And one hit came from this Craig Sullivan. So he calls me and says, hey, um, what's the name of your, your marketing company? And I just said, Russell. <laughs> he said, don't you, you have a PR company or something? I said, no, it's just, it's just me. He said, that video that you put, it was, he said, it was great. It was phenomenal. So I told him what I did and everything. And he asked me to come on this show and, and talk, right? So that was in the summer of 2018. So I did that out in Orange County. And after that show, I mean, show went well, you know, all that stuff. And then um, I started thinking, you know, maybe I can do something like that. It was about, probably about three months later. I said, you know what? Maybe I can do like a podcast or a radio show, something that's on. I wanted to do. He, his show was only every other week. Okay. And I was going to do every other week. But then when I presented it to the radio station, LA Talk Radio, they said, we don't do every other week. We, you need to do it weekly. We need so you here he weekly. Said, he said, you need to do it weekly because you want to be top of mind. You don't want to, you know, do it every other week because you're not going to grow a following or anything like that. So I said, I, I took his advice, Sam, I took his advice and I said, okay. Um, so I thought of the name, you know, on air Russell of hotels. And I said, well, what will be the concept of my show? And it's about hospitality, right? It's about 
my rise in this industry, if you will. But I always thought, oh, I was, I always thinking that there's a lot of other people that have stories to tell as well. You know, okay. stories because there's no two people that got in this industry the same way. N not everyone went to school. That's one thing, right. and not everyone um, started as a manager. A lot of people started as bellmen and worked their way up. Or I remember Natalie Finzi, who's was on the show, and she was a director of sales of mine. Um, she was a cocktail waitress at the pool. That's how she started and, and ended up going into sales and revenue management. And then I ended up hiring her as a director of sales uh, years later, right? So, Endless I mean, you never know. Exactly. So this industry is just full of just people that just want to go out there and have enthusiasm and do it and have, have fun for the most part. There is, there is a lot of work involved. Don't get, me Don't get it twisted. There's a lot of work involved. But uh, and people they think, well, it's a glamorous position and this and that. Yeah, okay. You see me when I'm out away from the desk and the office and then the stack of paperwork and all these darn reports that you have to do as right. well, right? Because at the end of the day, it's about what those numbers look like, right? So don't get it twisted that you know it's 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 all this fun, glamorous. Yeah, most of as you're a salesperson, you got to spin it to make it look like it's fun and glamorous, right? But there's some there's some challenges. There's always challenges with, with every job that you have. So, um, but that's what the whole premise for the show was um, for hospitality professionals to come on, like yourself. If that's meeting planners, if that's um, hotel people, directors of sales, general managers. Um, I've had um, influencers like travel influencers that you know people people don't even know that that thing didn't even, even exist, right? Uh, five, six, ten years ago, right? Now there's people that, you know, they call them brand managers, they call them content creators, whatever. So I've had those people on the show. Uh, other, like, uh, concierge I had on the show, and she talked about, you know, taking care of guests and clients, you know, high-end guests, low-end, whatever. She talked about talking about things like that uh, or taking care of people like that. So, so the show was about, like I said, just people coming in, talking about themselves, which is a brand, Right. Uh, and talking about the brand that they're working for, right? So it's always your brand first because that's what right. people see. And for people sure. are always going to buy you before they buy the product that you're actually selling, okay? So that's some of the things. So it was just one, another way to get over that hump so people could see you and you stay relevant and things like that. That's what I really appreciate about you. You inspire me um, through your ability to just reinvent and rebrand yourself and even others. I mean, I'm a representative of that. And just the encouragement and the guidance that you've given me through this whole process has been immeasurable. And um, I appreciate it. Um, last week on my inaugural show, I had Dr. Hardy Shepard um, that was on and she spoke about... Um, you know, lifting as we climb. And you mentioned like all of the different positions that you've held in the hospitality industry um, from, and I don't even want to say, um, I'll, I'll say this, from in the entry level positions all the way up to being a GM. And so, um, you know, a lot of times when you think of hotels and hotel space, you think about, when you think about branding, what that particular brand is synonymous with. Like I think about some of the events that I've done that's been at the Four Seasons, you know, they're synonymous for their um, their brand and their hospitality and the, the level of service. And um, one of the things that 
I think will be a challenge to me, which I wholeheartedly accept is just the direction that my brand is, is going to go in, if you will, and where I want to take my brand and, um, and the different things that I can do in this space. And even, uh, from your radio show that I've been a guest on to, you gave me my first voiceover job. Um, you know, um, you must check out Russell's show. He is on every Tuesday on LA Talk Radio um, Live as well as on Facebook Live um, on air with Russell Hotels, Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time. But uh, Russell, I, I we joke around a lot, but I really feel like he saw something in me or saw something that um, I could potentially explore. And so he reached out to me when he was launching his radio show and asked me what I do, uh, his intro and outro for his radio show. And I was like, at first I was really excited. I was thinking, yeah, I can do that. And then I was thinking, this is a lot more difficult. And when you're working for something, so for someone and this is their baby and they're wanting to put, this man is, he's, he's hard. He, he's take no prisoner. We want this to be, um, he wanted a certain feeling coming in. And I understand that I'm, I'm the same way about my podcast. So with that being said, it gave me a respect, a new, a renewed respect for the product that you're putting out or the brand uh, that you're representing. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like, when um, <laughs> you're coming up with these new ideas um, that involve Russell and Russell of hotels, and um, even when you're engaging with clients like myself, what what is it? What's that niche that you're? I I wish I knew. I wish I had one. Um, I mean, is if you're talking about the. I'm not sure what you're even asking me. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. What, 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 what do I even ask? What are you even asking me? How do I, what's my, what's like, your what's, what's my niche? Mm -hmm. Doing the radio show or just in general? In general, because I mean, your radio show is one facet <laughs> of what you do. Okay. 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 All right. I, I, I'll take that. Um, so well, let me just get back to just when I start, when I was going to start the radio show. And then when I asked Cheryl to, do the voiceover work um yeah that, uh, that yeah it was an experience i mean we're up at you know 10 to, between 10 midnight one o'clock whatever um going back and forth over this recording because she would do the recording and she would you know text it to me and i would listen to it and um because i wrote no, the i don't script. like it <laughs> yeah i didn't like this i didn't like certain things you know your voice inflection i mean you know th those things I never thought about that at all, right? Who would even think, I thought it was something easy. I thought this whole process would be easy, but I always remember when my dad used to tell me, he said, you know, if it's, if it's worthwhile, anything that's worthwhile is not easy. True and statement. It, anything that's easy is not worthwhile. So, oh. so I always re re remember that. Um, and I'm like, okay, let me just stick to it and whatever. And then because before I asked Cheryl, you know, there's professionals, and I mean, I, I look at Cheryl as being a professional voiceover. I mean, she, she has a, her voice was something that I wanted, but I went through, uh, I think, um, what is it, Fever, Fiverr? Fiverr? Fiverr has people that will do it as well, Fiverr.com if you have the app or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I didn't like any of the people that I had. I, I mean, I probably listened to probably three or four different voices, and, and I said, you know what, I don't like either one of the voices. And all of a sudden, you're, 
you popped up. I'm like, you know, Cheryl has this kind of different kind of voice, unique. It's, 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 it's soft, it's soothing, it's whatever. So and nice, I, thank you. No, seriously, you know, I have to say it, it's your show. So I have to say something nice, right? So I ended up going with her and, and, and it just made things a lot easier because she had more, just, just as much passion on doing it as I had, you know, wanting this finished project to put on my show. I mean, I was so happy to send this recording to Sam, who was the owner of the LA Talk Radio, uh, to put it on because he could have done the, the intro and the, ex and the exit. But I was like, no, I'm going to do my own. And then he's like, oh, this is great. I mean, and I don't think I'll change it. I won't change it for a while. So, and if I do change it, it's going to be, I'm pretty sure it's going to be your voice again. But um, getting back to your original question of what you asked as far as what's my niche, you know what? I wish I knew exactly what it was because, I mean, of course, I'm doing a radio show, right? I mean, and, it, and it's important. And, and what I meant by that, it is important that we or anyone, people listening or whatever, don't get pigeonholed into one thing. Because if you start saying this is, oh, this is what I'm going to do. And then when something like this happens, this whole COVID thing happens, and then we get start scrambling and things like that. I mean, we have to pivot ourselves. And a lot of people don't like that word because everybody's using it, right? But it's basically yeah. what it is. It's either you're going to reinvent yourself, which means you're going to get totally out of the game that you're in and go right. to another game or you're going to pivot within what you're doing. So being, you know, like an entrepreneur that I'd like to call myself, I, mean, I can dabble in, you know, different things. And, but everything, everything comes from, it stems from the hospitality industry. But I mean, I can, you know, you, if you're in sales, you can sell anything, right? It's just all about giving the opportunity to do it. Right. Um, but I'm like, okay, so I do the radio show. So, um, I also do social media, yeah. right, for, for hotels, for smaller hotels. I started off doing smaller boutique hotels. I do videos for them. Um, anything to, to brand them, to, get, to make their brand relevant, to stay out there on top or whatever. I mean, if you look at some of the video, and I look at some of the stuff that, that hotels put out and with the stuff that I put out, and I, mean, I hate to say it, my stuff is my stuff looks better than theirs. Okay, so but because I put the time in it, and I know exactly what you know what's gonna get you more followers, get you more Do you viewers. Feel like your experience on both sides of the coin have um, definitely helped you um, recognize what someone that's a planner is looking for, as well as um, you know someone who's trying to bring business in. Say that again. Okay. Let me think about that. <laughs> so do you think you're, you're so much fun. We're really being so behaved today. Are we not? Um, I, Russell and I have this banter whenever we see each other or talk to each other, um, which is almost um, a, a couple of times a week. We have this banter where we go back and forth. But um, so what I would, I guess, in essence, what I'm trying to say is, do you think your experience being um, on the hotel side as well, or, or what we would say on the supplier side as well as the buyer side has really helped you uh, hone in on, stop it, has helped you hone in on what is necessary when you're promoting a brand or a hotel? Okay, okay, okay. See, that see you explained that, explain that totally different than the first time. You just threw it out there. I'm like, what the heck is she saying? What is she asking me? Yeah, well, I'm looking around. Um, but yeah, I mean, being on both sides of the story, so to speak, 
um, both sides of the industry as a hotelier, then transitioning to being a uh, meeting planner, you're dealing with, you're dealing with two different brands, right? You're dealing with the brand that like, let's, let's, I just used the, the Sheraton. I was dealing with the Sheraton and their brand and things you had to do to, pr to promote them. Right. Um, and I always look at, you know, what was the budget for that? Because everybody thinks because your name is Sheraton that you got this huge, or Mary, that you got this huge budget behind you to do whatever the heck you wanted to do. That's right. not always the case because you got to remember um, the hotels that I, those, that hotel was a franchise hotel, right? It wasn't a, it wasn't a corporate hotel. So corporate hotels have more money to spend on, on marketing and branding yeah. and things like that, right? That's not given to you by the, the company that's on the sign, right? They're not giving you anything. You have to spend that yourself. So I had to be creative about how I did certain things. And it's funny that you should mention it because, I mean, I'm big on social media, right? But you get a lot of GMs, the older GMs, they don't know what the heck social media is. They don't know how to use it. They think because you post something, you're supposed to get business from it like instantly. That's not what it's about. It's about, are you selling or are you putting your brand out there? Because that's two totally different things, right? Gotcha. So in trying to explain that to some GMs is like, and that's probably pretty much the reason why I left where I was because it was just frustrating to try to get that message across to people that had no idea what the heck social media was and how it can help you. And when you try to explain it, you know, they still don't know. You got deer in the headlights like, okay, well, what about how much money am we going to make from that? You know, okay. So fast forward to going to the other side as a meeting planner and having to create your own brand. And at that point, you can do whatever you need to do, right? So if I need to do the radio show, I can do it. As long as I have the money to do it, I can do it, right? Or if I want to post things, you know, about meetings that, or hotels or put videos out, you know, that stuff, it, yeah, it did help me because the transition was, the transition was easier leaving a hotel to doing, um, you know, a meeting, being a meeting planner or whatever, because I was so fed up and frustrated with the crap that was going on at, you know, on, and when you're working for somebody. Right. But when you start working for yourself, you can be as creative as you want to be. Mm -hmm. You can post, put things out. You're talking for yourself. You know, right. I don't have to be, I'm not that I'm not PC now. I mean, I'm, you still have to be professional. You still have to do all those things. Okay, I saw that. Um, <laughs> you still have to do, you have, still have to be all those things. But just remember, it's, it's, you're doing this for yourself, right? And mm -hmm. the more people to see stuff, the better. So now that's helped me with, now that I'm like, at the, I'm, I'm at the top, I mean, at the top, meaning um, I'm in a helicopter looking down on the view, right? So now I can see the mistakes I was making, say social media or whatever. And I can, I capitalize on, on those mistakes and I do things a lot better now. You know, video, I do more video. You know, before you're doing a lot more pictures, like still pictures or whatever. You know, right. video has more, um, you get more traction from video, but it has to be good video. It can't engaging. just be, it has to be engaging. Exactly. And that's what you want. You want in social media, the key is you want them to engage with what you're putting out. Right. And that's some things that I do. And then that's attracting hotels they, they see what i put out and they say well hey you know you're putting this stuff out and you i know you're getting a lot of responses because i'm responding to it so can you do that for me you know what can you put together you know a program or whatever to to help our hotel out help our brand out in fact i just got a call last week from a, a hotel um and they need some help because you're right now you're coming out of the the whole COVID thing they're trying to reopen um and they haven't had any marketing 
done in the last three months. So they want to get things out. They want to ramp up. You know, they want to put out, um, you know, they're doing things for the drive market or the drive market is basically, you know, two hours from your, from like LA to like Santa Barbara, or whatever. So you're trying to appeal to those people to come to LA uh, and, and, and stay in their hotel leisure business. So they're trying to grow their leisure market. Um, so, you know, they asked me, you know, hey, can I do their social media for them? Like, Let me ask you, do okay, you, what I do. when you do their social media for them, do you come up with the content or do they provide you with some guidelines behind what they're looking? Because you mentioned COVID. And one of the things that I'm currently, um, you know, I have to address, and even when I'm bringing back recommendations to my executive leadership team, it's, you know, what are we doing in the wake of COVID? How are the processes different? Um, what will that look like um, when from the time that you arrive, let's say at a hotel um, to the check-in process um, to going to your room? And how does that look when you're trying to relay those messages to, you know, I guess in that, that marketing material that you're putting out? Yeah, well, the, the things that I'll be doing is, is just basically putting their brand back out there or, or keeping them relevant or okay. putting things that like, say, say they have an idea for, you know, appealing to the drive market. Right. Um, my job is just to come up with something in video form to, to go right. along with that message. Now, right. as far as any new procedures or policies and things like that, those should be on their websites. And if you look at most hotels, at least the reputable brands, and I'm saying the, you know, Marriott's or whatever, I'm sure most hotels are, are doing something. It's important that they put things on their website um, for different, you know, changes. We don't have valet parking anymore, or when our restaurant is not currently open, or uh, we, our gym is open, but we're limited to the first 10 people. You have to sign in on a sign-in sheet. I mean, there's, there's things like that that need to be on their website because if you start putting that stuff on like, um, like postings and things like that, you're going to miss something because remember on a postings, everybody, they, they don't read everything on a posting, right? You want something that's quick, you know, uh, for the most part, unless it's a video, if it's a long video and you're and the GM is talking about, you know, all these changes and things like that. Well, that, that's great too. But <laughs> most of the stuff that you're going to put out is quick hitting stuff, stuff that you want to put the brand out. Oh, who's putting this out? Okay. The, you know, the, the Russell of Hotels is putting this out, right? The Russell, Russell of Hotels Hotel is putting this out. Um, so you'll know who, you know, who the brand is, right? And what they're talking about, if that's advertising for uh, 4th of July or, or whatever. So that's more what I'll be doing is more um, staying relevant because, you know, you need to be posting, you know, three, four times a week, if not daily, all right? Because I mean, I can, I go on, rants where I post daily several times a day. It just depends on what's going on in my life. I mean, unfortunately, I've had some situations that have happened, personal things that have happened the last two weeks, and I haven't been able to post for my own brand uh, consistently. But normally, it's every day, several times a day on several different platforms. And I know that right? you talked to me about that today because you exactly. were asking me about exactly today. Exactly. And those things are important. You have to do that. You have to make sure you stay top of mind because if you don't, uh, someone else is going to come in there and, and they'll be top of mind. Absolutely. 
Um, just because you mentioned that, um, I know today when we were speaking and we were talking about promoting this episode um, of All About the Experiences, it was really important. You were like, well, did you tag me in this? Did you post it here? Did you post it there? And I'm like, yeah, I did. And then I had to recheck, but I'm glad that you asked me that because it shows um, not only, and you, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, just the connectivity there, um, the, the tie-in, and also um, the consistency across the board um, for branding purposes. I know that sometimes um, when I post to Facebook, it will be similar to what I post to Instagram, but I recognize that even though these are owned by the same entity, if you will, it's a different, it's definitely different on either side, as opposed to how I post when I'm on Twitter, because it has to be a little bit more abbreviated. Mm -hmm. And then also to LinkedIn or Snapchat um, for my millennials and things of that nature. I mean, everybody's on there, but I do it for the filters. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Make great pictures. When I've been in a bind, I have to, this is just a little hack. When I've been in a bind and I needed a headshot for an event or if I was sitting on a panel and I needed something that was updated and you know, and I'm just going to leave this little open here that I change my style quite often. I use that <coughs> to take a photo and then I'll use that to then in turn, um, turn in for that headshot. Okay. Nothing. No bites there. Awesome. Go right ahead, Russell. <laughs> I don't know why you'd even open it up for me, but for people that don't know, um, have been to a conference with Cheryl. Um, you know, people, you see Cheryl with long hair at, at, at the morning events, and then <laughs> you come for lunch, you know, her hair is probably shoulder length. You come for dinner, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really short. It's, it's, you know, whatever. It's, it's like Halle Berry. You know what I mean? It's just, oh, it's I'll just, the, yeah, I mean, I'm saying her hair. I'm, I'm saying oh. her hair. Okay. So, but yeah, Cheryl is, a, is, a, and, and, and it's funny how she just opened this up for me because I wasn't going to say anything, but, but yeah, Cheryl definitely um, has her, has a unique style about her. Right. And you definitely know her and she makes no, you know, she has no qualms about it. I mean, this is her and um she puts it out there i mean she looks good doing it i mean don't get me wrong but you know you see cheryl with her hair like this in you know 20 minutes from now after the show she may call <laughs> me and she may not have any hair you know what i mean so <laughs> there is hair under here okay there is hair under here <laughs> or it could be blonde she it could be red good under it could be purple, here let me tell you it could she be is blue good. so yeah but no she definitely has a unique style and i always tease her that i always ask about the the what I call it the 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 the, the T O H. And what does T O H stand for? T O H stands for trunk of hair. Okay, <laughs> because when she travels, she has a separate trunk with all this hair in it. I'm like, what the heck? Because I saw her one day. I've come and it may have been at smart meetings. I'm not sure. <laughs> it could have been at smart meetings, or because we've done shows before. I mean, we've been we've been to Canada. We've it been, was destination. Done, yes, we've been everywhere together. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I see her coming in and the bailman has like five things and the show's only three days. I'm like, why do you have five separate, you know, pieces of luggage? And one is like a trunk, right? I said, what is that? And she whispers to me because she didn't want everyone to hear. She comes over to me and says, that's my hair. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it was padlocked. It had all this stuff on it. You know, you could just go in and she had like three locks to get into it. 
So it was obviously it was very important to her that you know she kept this under lock and key. But um, but yeah, but she she travels with a trunk of hair, and I just call it I just abbreviate it T O H. You know, what I mean that that's this that's is what I why say. I say that Russell <laughs> is also a comedian, and I love it, and I'm here for it. And it makes me happy. I, you know, I have to honestly say he inspires me to do that because there have been times that we've been at a three day long conference and I do, I switch it up. And I think it's important because it lets you know how much you have really had an impact on someone if they can remember you um, other than this through facial recognition, you know, I'm just, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and it, it all ties back. I mean, and no, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to be funny about it, of course. No, it's all but, you know. But, We're all but it all ties back to your brand, okay? Absolutely. And that's your that's your brand, all about the experience, right? So that's what it ties back to. So if that's I'm blind what you today. are, exactly. If that's what you are, if that's what you're about, you need to embody that and be uh, be about it, right? Because some people will, you know, and we know that you're not fake because there's a lot of fake brands out there. Don't, don't get me wrong. People are... They say that one way, and then you 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 know him on a personal level. Like, no, you, he's not really like that. He's a he's a jerk. Like you know whatever. But no, Cheryl, what you see is what you get. Um, her brand is is out there, and and I'm just proud that I'm part of the. You know, I got to be you know part of the journey. I'm just I'm not happy that I'm I was guest number two, but that's okay. I mean, I should have been number one, but that's okay. I mean, but you know, as long as I got on the show, that's. Like, that's all that matters. What but I no, love I about this, Russell, is the first thing that you said to me when um, I told you about this latest venture was, you know, who, what, what's your niche? What are you going to do? What are you going to talk about? Um, and you challenged me. You, Russell was like, what does your tagline mean? I, I said this last week. You're like, what's your tagline mean? What is, what is all about the experiences? And even though I may internally know what this is and what I'm trying to convey, I need to make sure that everyone else understands that. So you made mention to just um, being, and this is something that I always gravitate to, being your most authentic self. So with that being said, um, in order to kind of share with people kind of who Russell is as a person, Russell the man, not Russell of hotels, not on air with, with, on, uh, on air with Russell of hotels, but who is Russell? So I like to play this little game, okay? Oh, and God. it's much like the actor studio. I did this last week with Dr. Pamela uh, Hardy Shepherd. But what I want to do <coughs> is kind of ask you some quick fire questions. Are you down? Are you here for it? I don't have a choice, do I? No, this is my show. So. Okay, well, then I don't have a choice. <laughs> Shoot on. Shoot on. Okay. So, what's your favorite word? What's my favorite word? Is that Yeah. Is that, is that part I was of it? trying I was attempting to be funny like you, and I was giving well, a little Okay, too well keep short, your but... keep, keep your keep your day job, okay? Oh. And just do the just just ask the questions. Okay. What you say what's my favorite word? I'm sorry. What is your favorite <laughs> word that you gravitate and you like to utilize? Whatever. Yeah, you do say that quite a bit. Okay. So Whatever. the other thing is I want to ask this cuz um many people may not know this, but Russell is a vegan. Girl. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I want to ask you what is your favorite food? I, I know that you're a vegan and you're always in search of non-meat eats. What would be your favorite non-meat eat? 
You know, today, you know, it changes daily. Um, depends on what the last thing I had. Um, a jackfruit, jackfruit. Okay, so jackfruit is a, is a fruit. Right. Um, you can get it from, um, we get it from Trader Joe's, comes in a can. Right. Um, and it has the consistency of pork, like a pool pork. So if you can, you can pull it together with a, with a fork or your hands or whatever. And it looks like pork. So I cook it like that. You can put you know, barbecue sauce on it. It can be like pulled pork sandwiches, or you can put it in a, I just had it from a restaurant the other day. There's a restaurant, Jamaican restaurant in Inglewood where they do um, jack, jerk, um, jerk, jerk jackfruit. And it's served with rice and real fast. Jerk jackfruit. <laughs> jerk jackfruit. Jack, yeah, I can't say it more than two yeah. times. <laughs> but yeah, but it's, it's phenomenal because they put this jerk sauce or seasoning on it and they serve it with the, you know, the traditional rice and peas and the um, plantains and, and some type of cabbage or whatever. I mean, it is delicious, right? So that's the only thing I eat from that place. They have like three vegan items and that's what I get consistently. So we order food every probably Saturday night and I always try to different vegan restaurants, but it always comes back to that one. But, um, but yeah, jerk, uh, I'm sorry, um, jackfruit is one thing that I eat a lot of and I cook myself as well. Right. Um, but you know, people are starting to make more like cauliflower wings. Yeah. You know, they have yeah. like buffalo cauliflower. I love that. Uh, riced cauliflower. And then you can mix it with other things. Um, I eat a lot of tofu. In fact, today or last week, I think I may have told you. I don't know if I told you. I told some people. Some people like, oh, that sounds nasty. But it's uh, tofu tuna. Oh, yeah. We had this conversation. Okay. Yeah, it was you. See, yeah, it's just it based was on that look. It was you. Okay, yeah. so it's tofu tuna. Can I tell you how? Please. Can I give you the quick? Please, I, I would, I would, I'm going to do a little survey at the end of this so people can weigh in on this, but go right ahead. Okay, so it's tofu tuna. So, okay, it's a, say, so take a brick of tofu, right? I season it on all whatever sides and I bake it in the oven for about at 450 for about, I don't know, say 20 minutes, just enough to get kind of a crust on it. And then I dice it up. So it's firm, right? You can get firm tofu. But the, the tofu I used the other day was not firm. So I wanted to firm it up. So I baked it. And I think I was still, even if it was firm, I still would have seasoned it and baked it for a little while. So for like 20 minutes and you dice it up, throw it in a bowl with diced onions. I use red onions, uh, celery if you have that, um, relish, and vegan mayonnaise. Okay, you mix it all together and I season it, you know, with season. So you got to have some lorries, right? I use lorries. Lorries. Okay? Some <laughs> damn lorries. So I use that and I let it chill for a little while. Just kind of set up for a little while. And then you put it on bread just like you would do tuna, right? And it, oh, I'm sorry, I missed something. Nori. You have to put, you know, nori for the, you, you know. For the, the seafood it, taste. It has, it has like a fishy flavor, a fishy taste to it, right? So nori is what you use for, what they use for sushi. Right, yeah. you roll up sushi in there. So it's seaweed, basically. So yeah. seaweed paper. So you can either crumble it up or I dice that up too, throw that in there. And it, you know, it's based on how, you know, how you want the taste. You want more fishy or less fishy, <laughs> however you want to do it. But you put it in there, mix it all together, and then put it on your sandwich and it's grub, okay? It's hashtag non-meat eats, hashtag grub, okay? So, so yeah, so no, it's, it's good. So. Being a vegan, I've been a vegan now for about 18 months. Now, I was a vegetarian for about 12 years, okay? And I wanted to see if I could kind of take it to the next level, 
you know, I want to pivot, you know, let me pivot and see if you, I can. You are yeah. very driven. Let me tell you, whether yeah, it's your career yeah. or, or your dietary. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. So when it comes to food, I'll be messing around. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so I, I do that and mean, and, and try that. I mean, try that and tell me if it doesn't taste I like will make sure similar that recipe. to tuna. Yeah. Similar to real tuna. Okay. And I don't miss this because I'm going to ask, or someone's gonna wonder, do I miss meat? No, I don't miss meat. I still cook things for my family because everyone does not, they didn't adopt my diet habits, okay? But it's not a diet, it's a, it's a lifestyle, okay? Lifestyle. It's, it's, it's a live it. Instead of a diet, I'm not dying, right? It's a live it because I wanna live longer. It's a live it, so remember that, okay? So it's not a diet, Did you just it's make a that live up? it. It's a live it. Okay. Live it. Boom. See, I, I just, I'm looking at the time and- it Drop the mic. <laughs> mic dropped, okay. We're going to wind down. Oh, is this only an hour show? Oh, okay. I thought, it was, I thought we were going for 90 minutes. What, is that it? You only give me an hour on your platform. Well, this, okay. That's a radio show versus a podcast. You know, my show, just so the people know, my show is a live radio show that becomes a podcast. Okay, podcast is a pre-recorded show. This is a pre-recorded show. Just so you guys know, today's Thursday. It's not Friday. Okay. Hey, hey. Okay. Hey. It's Friday somewhere in the universe. Okay. Let's let's just say this. See what happens when you bring people on. They don't know how to behave. I'm just gonna say that. This has been absolutely wonderful, Russell. You know I absolutely adore you. I want to thank you for being my guest today. I also want to thank you for sharing so many insights, whether they were asked or not, um, and really just being that go-to person in the hospitality industry. <laughs> um, and um, I really enjoyed highlighting not only you, but your company, Russell of Hotels, and all the different ventures that you do with on air with Russell of Hotels. And um, you have been a wonderful source for me to tap into, and you've mentored me through my podcast that's pre-recorded on Thursday. Um, <laughs> your support has really been immeasurable. Um, I can always depend on you for great advice and jokes, that whether I want them or not. And um, all jokes aside, uh, <laughs> as you guys can see, Russell is a, a, a ball of fun. But... Um, it's been great to partner with you. Um, you know, professionally, um, you have the innate ability to really tune in and hear your clients, and you've made me look like a rock star um, with my organization. So I really appreciate that. And just your mentorship uh, through this meeting and event space has been um, just fantastic. I've, I've learned a lot, and I learned a lot, not only by asking you questions, but seeing how you operate. And um, I mean, as my listeners here can hear you, I mean, you have a wealth of knowledge that comes along with a great deal of experience. And so I tap into that and I'm, I'm fortunate not only to have you as my mentor, but definitely as my friend. So in closing, I always like to ask my guests, is there anything that you would like to share before we close out today? Whew, wow, that was a mouthful right there. I don't think I have anything to say after that. But no, uh, I, I, no I just want to thank you so much for allowing me to come on and 
and you know, and tell my a little bit of my story. One thing I did not, I mean, and I, and I hate to say this now, but um, I didn't complete what because you want to know what, what what my niche was. Okay, I don't think people even know what the heck I even do. Okay, so I do have a radio. <laughs> I do have a radio. You show. clown around with people yeah, all the time on around. their show. <laughs> exactly, I do have a radio show. That's one thing. So I also do hotel site selection, which that's where I work with Cheryl because she's a meeting planner for her organization. Uh, but I'm a hotel site selection person, so I assist her so she can concentrate on you know, the ins and outs of the meeting, I help her find the sites, the locations for um, her meetings, right? If that's uh, at a hotel, if that's at a just meeting space, wherever it is, um, that's what I do. And then also I assist hotels and other organizations. So I don't want people to think I'm pigeonholed into just doing social media things for hotels. I mean, that's my sweet spot because that's, that is my background, but I do this stuff for everyone. So anyone that wants you know, advice on how to do you know, how to post things and when you should post it and where you should post it because all platforms are different, right? So um, they all have different, um, you know, what, what are those things called? You know, the back of the, what is it called? I can't think of what it's called. But anyway, there's different ways to post uh, on different platforms. So I just wanted to, <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, I just wanted to say that. And, but thank you so much, Cheryl, for allowing me to be on and to be silly, to be myself. Because, you know, on my show, when I'm the host, I can't do this, right? I can't, you know, act up. I can't, you know, really, I, I've never really talked about food like that on my show. I mean, I post a lot of things about food, but I've never really discussed that. Um, so, but thank you so much for allowing me to, to be on your show. Although it is number two. I mean, I, you know, I've been more, it been, it would have hit me right here in my heart if, you know, uh, if it was like, if I was number one, but you know what, I'll take number two for the doctor that was on last week. So there you go. <laughs> so there you go. But no, that's it, Cheryl. I, I, I don't want to say anything else, but, uh, but I do appreciate you giving me the opportunity. And you mentioned, and I have to say this before I get off, um, you know, someone gave me a chance and someone listened to me, right? So you know how you, you people always say, oh, you know, you want to pay it forward or whatever. I mean, that's, I mean, and, and it's not just lip service for me. I mean, if people ask for help, I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to assist those people. Right. So, um, so, I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm about. I've always been about that, but you know, it's funny how so few people will take advantage of that, of that, you know, some knowledge that you may have, or maybe a different way of doing things or whatever, or just, just some advice or somebody just to talk to. And they say, Hey, I was just thinking about this. What do you think about that? You know, I mean, you know, my dad would do that for me or or other people that would do that for me. Like, you know, we have a common friend, Amani Roberts. I mean, I can bounce things off of him. Uh, Craig Sullivan, when, when after he did, after I was on his show, I asked for advice before I did my show, right? I wanted to let him know that I respected and I appreciated what he did for me. And I did the same thing with Amani. So I asked him because Amani has a show that he's had 40, 145 podcasts. So... I mean, you got to draw from those people, right? Absolutely. So, because they've been there before. And I appreciate you coming to me and, and asking me those things. And, and hopefully, because someone's going to come to you and ask you the same thing. So my only advice to you is that continue to do what you do and give the advice, you know, where it's warranted. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you for joining me today. And I just want to encourage everyone to tune in to Russell's radio show on air with Russell Hotels every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And that's on LA Talk Live. <laughs> 
<laughs> latalkradio.com. Oh, there you go. And yes. you can also find all things Russell <laughs> yeah, on his website, russellofhotels.com. Yes. And in parting, I just want to say, you know, live the most purposeful, authentic life that you can, you can, and just let it be all about the experiences. Until next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific <laughs> Standard Time, we'll see you there. And as Russell and Thank you for joining All About the Experiences. Be sure to tune in weekly. Please subscribe, like, and provide feedback. Additional information can be found via the website at allabouttheexperiences.com. And follow on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and YouTube by name. All About the Experiences. Remember, the only limits that exist are the ones in your mind.